on, Chiefs Kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of The Degenerate here on our Arrowhead Live podcast. I am Johnny Kane. Joining me, as always, Dustin Gosa. Dustin, good to be back. I know we took a little bit of a week off or so, but back in action. More sports coming back, golf coming this week. We have an NBA coming back in about a month or so as well. Don't know about Major League Baseball, but we'll touch on all those here on The Degenerate this week. But just it's nice to hear if sports finally coming back and things starting to get back to normal. Sports are finally back, Johnny. It's uh. Like you said, it's an awesome to turn on ESPN or Fox Sports, however you get your, your sporting news and seeing that we're actually having events scheduled. Uh, like you said, the NBA is coming back. They got a tentative schedule for this year as well as a look-ahead one for next year. We got golf this weekend, uh, some some horse races. Uh, like you said, we'll, we'll touch on the MLB a little bit. But it's nice uh, starting to look forward to a couple of these playoffs coming up. I know we're with Arrowhead Live, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, but obviously there's not a whole lot going on right now, so there's not a whole lot to talk about. So this week on The Jenner, we'll talk a little bit about NBA since it is coming back. The NBA made that announcement just about a week or so ago. Woj had the big bomb that it is coming back July 31st when the season will get back underway. They'll play eight regular season games and then possibly a play-in to get that eighth spot in both the East and Western conferences and try to figure out the playoff seating and where things will sit with the last day of the final schedule for some time in October. But, Dustin, I, I know that it's kind of a weird thing to look at as far as from a betting standpoint for the, the NBA because – it's been since March 11th since teams have played games, and with such a layoff, I know they are going to get those eight games to finish off the regular season, but I, I look at it, it's kind of a tough thing to look at right now as far as what you're going to get from teams, from the older players, even things like that. you got to think some of the older guys that maybe have liked this layoff, getting a chance to you know, get back in the gym, rehabilitate, get your bodies back to somewhat near 100%. you got to think most guys are pretty close to 100% by now. But it, it's kind of a tough thing to look at, it, I feel like, at this point when you talk about the playoffs. A lot of these games, especially starting off, even though they are going to start with a training camp that's going to last close to a month, I think – a lot of these games are going to go under. It's going to be pretty ugly. A lot of missed shots, a lot of bad opportunities, just because it's hard to get to game pace. And I know a lot of people say you can practice as much as you want in the NBA, and these players are still world class, don't get me wrong. But to have that big of a layoff, even if you're just shooting by yourself or playing pickup games, it's nothing like running 48 minutes up and down the court. Uh, I think a lot of these games, these eight games, are just to separate the lower seeds to those there's a lot of six seven eight and nine seeds that are trying to fight to stay in or get in and i really think that that's what these eight games are for the people at the top i wouldn't be surprised if they're resting players like Giannis, lebron ant davis people like that when you look at things how right now where odds sit and where books currently have the favorites to win the nba title now this year the la lakers with lebron plus 240 then the bucks plus 260 Clippers plus 320, and then it really drops off. Those three teams are basically the favorites right now to win the 2020 NBA title. Because they got, then you look at Houston, the next closest favorite, 1600, along with the Boston Celtics as well. So really, Dustin, you look at it, those three teams far away the favorites. I think a lot of people are probably still confident in LeBron and for good reason, but at the same point, I don't know if the, if the Lakers, they're obviously one of the best teams in the NBA, if not get the total NBA in the regular season to when things were halted on March 11th. But I think a lot of people do look that this might be LeBron's year to go in with LA to go in there and win the title. Yeah, Johnny, the way I look at it is those three teams are above and beyond team chemistry wise, uh, the better, better teams in the league. 
looking at it from just my perspective, I think a lot of these teams uh, in the middle have a very good chance of uh, doing some damage, you know, like Boston, Miami. Uh, on the other side, we're looking at, you know, Houston. Uh, those teams are the teams that I would probably start to look in putting money towards uh, because they are kind of the underdogs in that perspective because the COVID-19 thing is still a real thing that people haven't discussed. Like if you have a player go out with the, the new testing rules, how they test every day and do all that, you know, these teams like LeBron or Ant Davis, Giannis for the Bucks, or uh, like say Kawhi, for the Clippers, one of them ends up getting the coronavirus. They're put out for 14 days, and that could be the difference between their team, you know, having a, that extra 10, 15 points a game. And so I don't think until we get later in the playoffs, it's going to be hard to see what these playoff prices are going to look like towards the NBA championship. But I think for these earlier games, teams might want to consider, you know, taking caution when it comes to these big-time players. But like you were saying with the Lakers – they they're the slight favorites but those three teams are above and beyond the other three teams and we've seen it before with LeBron in Cleveland even without any help he's taken them to the finals before I think this Lakers team is is set to to make a pretty decent run here and one thing we haven't talked about yet as well how this is going to work all of these games are going to be played in Orlando without fans that's got to make a big difference too because typically you know when you go in to look at betting on a game you look at a, little, a lot of th different things, and one of those is, you know, what's the team's record and a home-and-away record when you look at certain things. And while well, you look at the Lakers, they're 26-6 and six away from home, but it's going to be an away game for everybody, first of all. Second of all, you're not going to have the fans like you would on an away game going against you. So, I mean, there's, there's a big difference in now these NBA playoffs, and we talked about it right at the beginning of how hard it is going to be to bet on these type of games in the NBA and the playoffs. But to me, that just makes it even harder without having the fans and also it being a neutral court. A lot of these players, they feed off of what well, I shouldn't say a lot of the players, a lot of the players that aren't superstars that can't just go out and do whatever they want, whenever they want. A lot of these players feed off that adrenaline, you know, the crowd being hype. And that's why a lot of, a lot of players are better shooters at home than they are away because the crowd hypes them up. You get on a groove of two or three made shots in a row and then you can go off for 20, 25 points. Not everybody can be, you know, James Harden or LeBron and score at will. doesn't matter where. So it is going to be a, kind of a weird environment in being in an empty gym. It's going to feel more of like a scrimmage than an actual playoff game. So I think mentally it's going to come down to what players are going to treat this like it is a, a big-time game, big-time series, and what players are going to be a little out of uh, uh, touch, a little out of tune because they're not used to having dead silence in a gymnasium, which is a basketball dribbling. So I think that's going to play a huge role in, in these playoffs. I don't know if you saw that too, but you see where some of the television stations were talking about taking NBA 2K noises and sounds and putting them on broadcast just to make it sound like there are fans in the stands. Isn't that kind of crazy to think about? It's 2020 and we're talking about putting a video game sound in a live broadcast. I was uh, actually watching a Bundesliga soccer game, which for those who don't know, that's uh, German League soccer, and was watching a game this week and I had heard the – like actual sounds of the stadium in the stadium while there was just the 22 players on the pitch playing and it was just playing through the broadcast for the uh, audience to hear so it sounded realistic you know the chants and the cheers and everything like that and it just it seemed realistic but then when they kicked the ball into the the stands and you see nobody was there it was you know a little you could tell it was just there for you know it's different. It's just different. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you think about it, and you play your whole life with fans, 
then all of a sudden you don't have it. So when you score, like in the so like you're talking about in soccer, and there's no fans to celebrate with you, it's kind of like, what do I do? I mean, it's like, well, obviously you celebrate with your teammates, and then after that you're like, okay, well, does it, it almost feels like it probably wouldn't mean as much, would it? I mean, without very feeling, it de- it definitely is, especially because there were times where it would cut out or because it wouldn't restart on a loop, and you'd hear the players talking. And I thought it was more interesting to just hear the players talk. But you got to think it's eerie to them. It, it's like a live scrimmage or like a practice more than it is a game because you don't have that atmosphere of scoring a goal. And, yeah, you're just celebrating with your team. Or even if you're the away team, you're scoring. And instead of, you know, shutting a whole stadium up because you just scored, now it's just like, oh, we, we scored. You know, let's go back right back to playing. It's, it, was, it was a weird weird uh, game to watch, I should say. That's something you brought up a good point there with being able to hear some of the players talking. I think that'd be kind of a cool thing that we might get out of this NBA situation is if, if obviously they're going to try to pump crowd noise in in the arena as well and just noise in general, but it might be pretty cool the fact that you know, I'd be able to hear some players just the interactions that you wouldn't normally hear throughout an NBA game. I know Major League Baseball experimented that in spring training earlier this year, and a lot of people loved it. And they've done it in past, and I think that might be something that adds another aspect to kind of the NBA and the playoffs. If if we do kind of get that more interaction with the players, hearing what they have to say, you know, during a play, during timeouts, and such as well. I always thought that was interesting, especially in the NFL. Whenever they have a player mic'd up and you listen to it later, it's interesting to kind of pick their brain or when they tell somebody on their you know defense hey, this is going to happen. This is what's happening. Shift here, shift here, move here. And then it, the play develops, and they're the one who makes the tackle. And it's it's interesting to, to you know pick the mind of a couple of these players, especially these field generals on the, the football field. But in basketball, you got to think, wouldn't you like to hear you know LeBron James or uh, James Harden or somebody like that, the, how they direct traffic in an actual game? Because most of the time when you're watching it on TV, you're just hearing the background music and the announcers. So I think it would be interesting to see how they – connect with their teammates and communicate with their teammates on ball screens, you know, pick and pop, stuff like that when they're calling out plays. I think it'd be really cool, especially with the coaches. Now, the one thing we got, we kind of got to see that with a match between Phil and Tiger and Peyton and Tom Brady there a couple of weeks ago, there was a couple of different times where, you know, somebody, they would ask Phil Mickelson what he would do on a certain shot and the things he would say, you're just like, wow, you don't think – you know, how the players think like that and how much thinking does go into certain situations. But it's just cool to be able to hear these prof- – they're professionals. That's the thing about it. They're professionals. They're the best in their sport. Just being able to hear how what their thought are, thought is in a certain situation, in a certain play, in a certain time. Just being able to – it basically adds that human element to where you feel almost more connected to those players and makes them a little bit less – obviously they're still professional, but less of a celebrity and more of a more human interaction, I guess I would say when it came to the match because you could tell why they wanted to hit a certain shot a, a type of way and especially Phil Mickelson being so good around the around the green he had an eight footer and he was trying to tell Tom Brady you know this is why this is going to do this you know the grain was rolled this way the wind was blowing this sort of way it's rainy so it's going to slow down and just because he, he can he is a professional like you said he thinks of the game especially putting a lot differently than we do you know if we go up and we're going to go play golf and we're going oh I think this is going to break right well how far you know oh this far we'll just go up and hit it we don't think about the grain the the slope what type of grass is on the green you know what type of wind, how many divots are in the way. We don't think about all that type of stuff. So it does add that human interaction to where we can, you know, kind of pick their brain like we were talking about earlier. 
getting back to the NBA, I know we kind of got, got sidetracked, which we do a pretty good job of here on The Generate, but for now getting back to the NBA, we'll start with the Eastern Conference. Let's start there. Pretty much, they pretty much have their spots solidified. I mean, Milwaukee number one, Toronto number two, Boston three, Miami four, Indiana five, Philly six, and then you got the Brooklyn Nets at seven, Orlando at eight, and the Washington Wizards as the lone team that got invited outside of those top eight teams. So Washington is right now on the outside looking in. They are 24 and 40. Orlando in that eighth spot is 30 and 35. So it's kind of, you look at it, Washington is very, very, very slim hope. But they're in the dance. They have a chance to make the playoffs. But you got to think, really, the Eastern Conference is pretty much set in stone. Yeah, it's all about seeding. I think between uh, five, six, and oh, more like four, five, and six, I think they'll kind of have a little matchups to figure out who's going to be where. And like, it doesn't really matter with home court, like we were talking about. So it doesn't the four or five matchup isn't going to really matter much on home court advantage or anything like that. I really think it's just the eight, nine spots we're looking towards. That's Orlando and. Uh, Washington, I honestly can understand why Washington's in it. You only have to be within five games to have that 8-9 playoff spot. But to be 24-40 and 40 and get invited to a tournament that can possibly get you to the playoffs, it, it, it's a little far-fetched to me. I mean, they're 28 and a half games back. And uh, one thing that did interest me, and this came from the Atlanta Hawks head coach, uh, Lloyd Pierce, their team finished 20-47 and 47 this year. And he was saying that, it was unfair to his team that they didn't make it. He, he thought, you know, they could do some damage if they actually made it into a playoff and potentially getting that eight or nine spot to get in. And uh, I just thought, I thought it was preposterous. Like they, in the regular season, they would have been eliminated in April when everybody would have been packing their bags. And the only thing I can really say other than that with Atlanta was uh, uh, Vince Carter. Uh, this is, COVID-19 basically ended his career. This was his last year with uh, Atlanta. So, uh, like you were saying, other than Washington Wizards and Orlando right at the end, I really think the East is pretty wrapped up. Let's look at a couple of teams that maybe have some value. It's hard to think, but Toronto, they are currently the, in the second spot in the Eastern Conference. They're 46-18, and 18, six and a half games back of Milwaukee. But right now, they're plus 2,000 to win the NBA title, which is behind... Houston, Boston, L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers, and the Bucks. So maybe Toronto, you got to look at that. It's got to be a team that you look at that has a decent shot to not only win the NBA title, but it can make you some good money with plus 2,000. It, they have a pretty good shot, and I think they have a better shot because if Orlando ends up in that eight spot and they're playing Milwaukee, they're really the only team in the East that has given Milwaukee fits this year. And I think Orlando, not saying they're going to win, but I think they could put up a nice little fight and kind of wear Milwaukee out in that couple of those early rounds. Where Toronto, it looks like they're going to be matched up against the Brooklyn Nets if everything ends up the same way that we're looking at it. And uh, the Brooklyn Nets say they're not going to reactivate Kevin Durant. And, you know, who knows about the whole Kyrie situation that they're working with right now. So, I mean, they could have an easy little shot right into the second round of the playoffs. And once you get into that second round, you know, you get a – get a little bit out of your comfort zone. But if you breeze into there and you have a nice little break, enough time to just practice, I think Toronto's got a nice little value bet right there. One that maybe you could throw a little money on, would it possibly be Brooklyn if Kyrie does you know, come and play? I mean, they've got a good defense. But, I mean, having Kyrie, he, he we saw him in the finals there with Cleveland and LeBron a couple years ago when he hit the big shot to basically seal the fight that game seven for Cleveland. 
is that a team that maybe you just put some uh, a little bit of pocket change on just for a simple pack they're plus four thousand nets and it, it comes into uh, like a couple sources in the locker room have came out and said that that team thinks that he's poison. They, uh, they don't like playing with him that much. He's just he's one of those players that he, he has to have things his way, and he is a fantastic player. He's one of the old, two or three players in the league that the ball's on on a string. You can't take the ball from him. He's a magician when it comes to ball handling and being a, an awesome point guard overall. Uh, but that team chemistry there, especially without having a, another superstar there like Kevin Durant, I just I don't think they have it. I don't think they can compete with a team like Boston, a team like Toronto, and I, I think Milwaukee would blow them out of the building. I don't I don't think it would be close. So uh, I think there's better value, uh, especially towards the middle uh, with Miami, Miami and Indiana. I think whoever gets out of that, that's going to be a, a dog fight between the two of those teams. But I think whoever gets out of that could have a pretty good shot of winning. Winning um, the 76ers, if they figured a couple things out, I would you know throw some pizza money on them maybe. But like I said, it all comes down to you know do you trust these superstars and do you trust these athletes to not get sick, to not catch this COVID-19, to not get injured, and who's going to take this you know as serious as possible and who's going to start off hot and not rusty. So I mean, at this point, do you really think it's even worth talking a whole lot about it? Kind of seems like though that Milwaukee is far and away the best team. In the East, I mean, they have been the whole entire season, and I think basically people are penciling them in to represent the Eastern Conference in the 2020 NBA Finals. I mean, obviously this is boring. Like you said, everybody's staying healthy, but it is Milwaukee just – they seem like that team that's destined to make it to the Finals this year. Well, we got the, the MVP, and he's going to be the back-to-back MVP, and that's Giannis. Uh, in my opinion, and I have nothing against LeBron. I, I, I'm a firm believer in LeBron. I love LeBron. I, I do think Giannis is the best player in the league as of right now. The guy's an animal, and want, now he's starting to figure out his jump shot out towards the three-point line. And once he figures that out, I think he's going to be on a tear in this league for a long, long time. So in the East, I can easily see the Bucks, maybe the Raptors taking it, but everybody else is going to be a, a long shot. Now moving on to the Western Conference, number one spot. This Now the Western Conference, it's – it's kind of a crapshoot right now when realistically when you look at those final few spots because L.A. obviously number one, the Lakers, they're number one, Clippers are two, Denver is three, Utah four, OKC is number five, and in the sixth spot is Houston Rockets. Then you look at the seventh spot is the Mavericks. They're 40 and 27, but Houston, they're also, they have 40 wins. Oklahoma City has 40 wins. And then Memphis in the eighth spot, third to 32 and 33. Really, it's all for that eighth spot right now because – I mean, Memphis, they're 32-33, and 33, but then also the, getting the invite to those final eight games, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, Phoenix, they're all within six games of that eighth spot. Portland has 29 wins, New Orleans 28, also Sacramento as well, and the Spurs with 27, and the Suns with 26. So that eighth spot in the Western Conference, that's basically the only story, big story, that I think a lot of people are going to watch for in those final eight games of the regular season. Yeah, it's all going to come down to the seven and eight spots. I don't think anybody's going to catch the seven spot with with Dallas, and unless they lose all eight games, I don't think they're going to drop down there. Uh, one thing I, I will say, and this could just be you know just a, tall, a, a dart throw in the dark, but this is happening at Walt Disney Sports Complex, based you know they own ESPN. You know ESPN might be fighting for that LeBron versus Zion matchup in the first round. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to give it to him, but wouldn't that be something to just have, you know, the Pelicans sneak in that eight spot and have to, you know, go go play Los Angeles? I think ESPN would, would eat that up, uh, you know, especially with all the commercials and everything. But 
basically the top six spots are locked up. Seven and eight are are basically on hold right now. But with six teams being within that final eight spot, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and 13, I think that they can definitely make a big move here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Portland come out of there. Uh, New Orleans, just because of the, the Zion factor, he caught fire towards the later end of the year and really made a, a shot for, for rookie of the year. I think uh, John Morant's actually going to take it, which is well-deserving. But Zion was making a firm push for that uh, rookie of the year spot. Yeah, you mentioned Portland. That's a team that I would actually, just from a fan's perspective, I would love to see Portland make it into the playoffs just for the fact of what Damian Lillard be shown in the playoffs, what he can do hitting big shot after big shot, scoring 40, 50 points when that team needs him. I think that'd be a really fun matchup against the Lakers in the first round if Portland can't find a way to overtake Memphis and get that eighth spot and go up against LA in the first round. But I mean, th- that's, that's really, to me, that's what those eight games are for is strictly for those teams trying to get that eighth spot. I mean, Phoenix, their hopes are pretty slim. Same with the Spurs as well. So I look at it, basically the Kings, Pelicans, Blazers, and Grizzlies, the four teams they're fighting for that eighth spot. Is that kind of how you look at it? I mean, obviously the Spurs and Suns are completely out of it, but it just seems like that extra game can't might come back and be big, especially being five games back like the Spurs are and then six games for the Suns. Yeah, the Spurs and Suns, what it – I think the Spurs are nine games below 500, and Phoenix is 13-15, somewhere around there. So both those teams, I mean, should tell you that they were already struggling as it was, and especially in the Western Conference. You get into that eight spot in the Western Conference, I mean, it is cool. You made it to the playoffs, but you should be you should be packing your bags to, to get ready to go home because that Western Conference top to bottom is, is stacked all the way through one through six, one through seven. So... I really think if one of those teams does sneak in, the Suns, Spurs, I, th- I think it's going to be a pretty pretty easy uh, easy four games for them to uh, to go on home. But like you said, it's got to be a catastrophe happen at that bottom 8-9 spot for the Suns or Spurs. They're going to have to win out seven or eight games and hope these other teams, you know, just kind of just kind of just don't show up. So it'll be interesting to see how the Western Conference plays out. And same with the East. I think a lot of these are going to be set, and it's just going to be fighting for – one or two spots here or there. Uh, like you said, the middle of the pack, four through seven, are all separated by a game as well. So you look at that spot, you have the Jazz in the four seed and the Mavericks in the seven seed. They could flip-flop in two games, and that completely changes who you're going to play, and they could could mean for you know a whole new game plan in the, in the first round of the playoffs. So I think the only team set here is going to be the Los Angeles, uh, the Lakers, and everybody else is just going to be kind of fighting for intertwined spots. Wouldn't that be a thing to see Houston and OKC match up in the first round, Russ going against his old team? Wouldn't that be something to see in the first round of the playoff? I mean, obviously there's a lot of different things that you mentioned that could happen, but that's, that's another one of those kind of side storylines, maybe against Russ going up against OKC in the first round if somehow it ends up in a 4-5 matchup. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Uh, like you said, going up against his old team with the, the new team, it's, it's one of those things like it was always interesting to see, you know, the OKC – going up against Golden State right after uh, Kevin Durant left. So I think that'd be another matchup to see, right? I mean, the same way we'd like to see LeBron and, and Zion in the first round. You talked about, and you mentioned Golden State. Isn't that kind of crazy that we're not going to see Golden State in the playoffs this year? I mean, 15 and 50, obviously all the injuries they did have, but it's going to be kind of crazy not seeing Golden State in the playoffs. Yeah. How they fell just seeing the juggernaut just start falling apart. And Steph with the hand injury, the ACL, uh, by Clay Thompson, and then you have you know Kevin Durant leaving, and he kind of left Draymond all to himself, and 
you know, without somebody to get him the ball and allow him to get some rebounds and kick it out to some shooters, it, it, it was a rough, rough season for uh, Steve Kerr and the Warriors this year. So wrapping up talking about the Western Conference, obviously the Lakers are far and away the favorites at 49-14. and 14. The Clippers are in the two spot. They're 44-20. and 20. It, Is that kind of the same way as the East at this point? Right now the Lakers and maybe the Clippers and then kind of everybody else. Obviously I know Denver's only a game back, but it kind of seems like it is just kind of a two-team race there in the Western Conference. It's a little too too early to tell. I think one of these teams is going to run away with it. But looking at the prices and the series prices, it's going to be hard to determine, you know, why would I take the favorite here? You know, if they're minus 500, minus 600 on a series, why I would take those teams. Uh, it's kind of easy to throw money here and there just for the NBA champion. But if you're going to, I would take one of these middle teams and, you know, just like we were talking about earlier with the Eastern Conference, throw some pizza money on some teams, you know, maybe, maybe Houston, maybe Denver. Uh, we're looking at Denver at plus 2,500. Houston's up there at plus 1,600 for the NBA championship. That's if you like betting futures like that. Me, personally, I like series prices. I like watching matchups. I'll be on the uh, the Heat and Pacers pretty pretty tough uh, in that first round. But you just look at the, the value on some of these teams in the middle and see if they can pull a couple upsets. I think one team that we haven't talked about is the Denver Nuggets. They're plus 2,500. And if they can get the Joker back and figure some things, I mean, they're at the third spot right now. They're 43 and 22, and they're, what, six games back of the Lakers. I think Denver might be in one of those teams, kind of like we talked about in the Eastern Conference, that you might take a shot as one of those teams that's not quite at the top, but right there in the middle of the pack that still has, you know, good money value as far as to plus 2,500 if they do get the Joker back because a lot of reports, I know a couple days ago, some pictures surfaced of the Joker, and he looked good. He lost a lot of weight, so he improved his athleticism. So if they get him back, that might be a team that you could probably possibly get some value on. Maybe not necessarily winning the title, but talk about maybe making it to, say, a Western Conference final or something of the sort. There's a lot of different things you can bet on. That might be something to look at. Defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. I believe they had the first or second best defense in the Western Conference this year. Uh, they were only holding opponents to 107 points a game. So when you look at it from that perspective, they can definitely do some damage in these playoffs, especially if everybody's rusty. If everybody comes out in the first, second round and they haven't been, you know, be able to catch up to that pace of play, they can't run with these teams. It's going to be hard to, to score on teams like the Denver Nuggets, especially when they have a, a presence like the Joker down low. It's going to be interesting to see how they come out and how they play certain defenses against some of these teams because when you look at it, when they if they happen to play the Houston Rockets in the first round, per se, you have to guard, you know, James Harden, who is one of the best scorers in the NBA, if not the best scorer in the NBA, and then Russ, who can potentially get to the basket. The guy's a freight train. He can do whatever he wants. So it's interesting to see matchup-wise who they're going to play and how they're going to play them. But I think just because of their defense, you can keep them in a lot of these games, a lot of these series, especially against the Lakers and Clippers just ahead of them. That'll wrap up the Western Conference. Now let's get our final thoughts here of the NBA, and then we'll move on to a couple other things before we wrap things up here on the Generate. Again, Johnny Kaner with you, Dustin Gosa alongside of me. So look at the favorites, Dustin. I know, obviously, uh, I firmly believe that it is the Lakers' year. If not the Lakers, I think it's got to be the Bucks. but I think it's those two teams and everybody else. And, and just in my opinion, I know there's obviously – a lot to sort out with having the two-month layoff, two-and-a-half-month layoff, I guess it is, and almost three months by the time the season 
gets back underway, but having those eight extra games to get their legs back underneath them, I still think it's the Lakers, Bucks, far and away the two top teams. But as far as value goes, I do like the Nuggets at plus 2,500 to win the title. And then after that, I, I don't really see anybody else that I would really mess with just for the simple fact maybe Toronto, as we talked about it, plus 2,000. But basically those are the only three or four bets I would make in the NBA just for the simple fact of two of them making a, taking a chance of winning some good money and then just simply simply the favorites. I like the Lakers and the Bucks. Uh, personally, I, th- I think it's the Bucks year. I think they're going to cakewalk through the East, in my opinion. If they get out of that first round uh, pretty easy and – cakewalk through the second round as well I think it's the same reason LeBron stayed in the east for so long when you're you know playing cupcakes until you get to the finals it's pretty pretty simple uh that way and then you look at the western conference it's going to be a dog fight for a lot of these these teams coming through these teams could be beat up they could be injured you know you could just be worn out from not having uh all that time on their legs from from playing so if I was going to pick a, a team I think it'd come out of the east I would take the Milwaukee Bucks uh, if I just had to throw um, throw a dart into the dark like we talked about earlier, um, you were talking about you know the Denver Nuggets and other teams like that. I personally like the Miami Heat. I think they got a nice little four or five matchup um, right there with Indiana if it stays that way. I, I like that team. I think they have a lot of good shooters and they play a lot of good defense. And I think that would be a team to just kind of kind of look at from a, just a odds perspective to just throw a little bit of money on if you just wanted another team to cheer for other than one of the top teams. Again, looking at the schedule for the NBA, June 30th, training camp will begin, and then July 7th, they'll head the, all the teams will head to Orlando. July 31st, the f- regular season gets back underway, the final eight games, and then possibly a couple playing games as well. The August 25th, will hold the NBA lottery, and then we'll have the playoffs with the last day of the finals scheduled for October the 12th and the draft on October 15th, 18th is when free agency will begin. And then December 1st is when the new season will get underway as well. One thing that I seen was interesting, Johnny, was they're saying potentially game seven of the finals would be on October 12th. And then the draft is October 15th. So these teams are also going to have to have their personnel looking into players that are going to potentially be in these spots, depending on what the lottery looks like. And depending on where they finish in the uh, in the uh, finals, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what if it goes to game seven and three days later, you got to make a draft pick that's going to, you know, potentially make a huge difference on what your team's going to look like starting on December 1st. You bring up a really good point because that's something that I know when the NFL draft happened a few couple of months ago that that's what a lot of people talked about. That this is the time when you, the best GMs really shine and come out because, especially like when you look at the NFL, we're able to have a lot of their meetings, we're able to have a lot of their combine and stuff like that. So you can't just kind of, per se, half-ass, I guess, to say on just picking a guy up who you're going to pick in your t- to join your team and to draft. So I think that's that's a really good point. That I feel like, and especially just like the NFL, these NBA GMs, they're going to start early earning their money this year with having to the little amount of time to scout guys and figure out who they're going to pick in the draft on October 15th. So... That wraps up the NBA. Now coming up, we also have horse racing coming back in action. We also have golf coming up this week. Let's start with golf. Start with the Charles Schwab Challenge. That'll get underway on Thursday. Several big names, basically all the big names there except for Tiger Woods. He's the lone big name that's not in the field at the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth, Texas. So that, golf, good to see it coming back. First game, it'll, or first match, or tournament, I guess you would say, that'll begin on Thursday. But it's just good to see golf coming back as well. I usually try to stay away from the earlier rounds. It's nice to have golf back, but I like Saturday and Sunday sitting down, 
you know, and just getting to relax and enjoy some uh, some golf, especially with these best players in the world playing. You know, you're going to have Brooks Kepka there, DJ, Justin Thomas, a uh, couple other players, you, you know, Rory, Justin Rose. Uh, just down the board, uh, other than Tiger, I know a lot of people are, are Tiger fans and like the Sunday Red, but there's some good golf, some great players playing uh, this weekend, and it's going to be interesting to see a couple of these matchups throughout the week. And Roy McIlroy, the current number one ranked player in the official World Golf Rankings, he is in the field. He seems like he's that guy that's just playing out of this world right now. I know, obviously, it's been a while since they've been in action, but we even saw Rory in a couple of just matches as well. He seems to be far and away the number one player in the world right now. He just he crushes the ball, and it, it amazes me. For, for those who don't really watch golf, just turn it on for a couple minutes till they get to Rory and watch him on his long drive when they have a shot tracer on it. The thing just goes forever. I, I can't understand how he hits the ball that far and that accurate, that straight, but it's it's a sight to see, I promise you. So again, that's the Charles Schwab Challenge that gets underway on Thursday in Fort Worth, Texas. We also have the Belmont Stinks coming up, Dustin, as well. I know that's something that you're very excited about. Oh, yeah. Love our horse racing. I'm a Excited that the Belmont Stakes are here. I'm a big fan of the Preakness. I, lo I love the Preakness. I know everybody likes the, the Kentucky Derby, you know, the dressing up your best and, you know, waiting all day to, to place your bets and figure all that all out. I'm a huge fan of the Preakness, but having the Belmont Stakes in, it's weird that they're going in reverse order this year, but, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. That's coming up in uh, was June 20th, uh, and we have Tis the Laws 3-2 to two, uh, opening up as the favorite. Uh, I'll do a little bit more research. We'll get into that a uh, couple more weeks down the line but uh it's gonna be interesting to get some get some horse racing back in the major league baseball that's still kind of the tough one that nobody really knows it at this point i think a lot of people i know myself i'm very 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 worried that we will not see a major league baseball season just for the simple fact is the players in the league cannot come to an agreement on pay situation and i i have to side with the players on this one i don't know how much you know about kind of the deal that the major league baseball and the players have been going with but i mean about a month ago, the two sides came to an agreement, a thing was signed, a contract was signed, and then all of a sudden the owners came back and they wanted the players to take less money and less money. And I, I have to say, I have to agree with the players. I mean, right now, they're going to do what's best for their families and situations, and they made an agreement. The owners now are coming back on it. And I, I, I mean, as much as I want to see Major League Baseball come back and have a regular season in the playoffs and just have baseball back on my television, I, I can't really blame the players. I kind of side with the players here too. And a lot of people will say, you know, these, these bigger name players, the Bryce Harpers, the Mike Trouts, it, it does affect them because when you take away a certain amount, you know, these guys are making 35, $40 million a year. If they, you know, take a cut in that, like, yeah, they still have, you know, their 15, 20 million, but they still would like that extra cash. This is for those guys who are, you know, barely making into the league. They fought all their life to get, you know, from triple a double triple a up to the major leagues. And, you know, they're, you know, they're making, to a MLB contract, a pretty substantially less amount of money, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even just a million or so. So these guys that are getting these these bare minimum contracts, they're the ones fighting for it because they have been out of work. You know, this COVID-19 has shut a lot of people out of work. And when you, you know, live a certain way and you do have families, you have to provide for those families. And I, I am with the players on this one. I think that they just need to settle to an agreement, pay the guys, or we're not going to be looking into to baseball for another year. More proposals have been placed together by both sides here in the last week or so. So as Dustin said, hopefully 
they'll get something figured out. And we can have baseball coming back here in the next couple of weeks. But that's going to wrap things up for another episode of The Degenerate. I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us as always here in the next couple of weeks. As Dustin mentioned, we'll talk some horse racing. We'll talk some more golf. Talk some more NFL, NBA, everything as the NBA gets closer. And hopefully here soon we'll be talking about Major League Baseball as well. So that'll wrap things up. Thanks for tuning in with us. For Dustin Gosa, I am Johnny Kane. You've been listening to The Degenerate here on the Arrowhead Live podcast, arrowheadlive.com.